0: Dennis, it's the end of the year. It is your last program for For the year, year, this week, for this year. too quickly. And it has certainly been a year full of unexpected things.
1: (laughs) It has indeed, Jane. So
0: why not take a look at the role of complementary medicine Mm. as we've seen
1: it through this year? Oh, look, I'm very happy to do that, Jane, and uh, I'll be delighted to just let the listeners know the role that complementary medicine played and is still playing in the climate in which we are presently living.
0: Lindsay has rung in from Fullerton Cove. Lindsay, you've got a question for Dennis about kidney stones.
1: Yeah, Yes, I have. Uh, G'day, Dennis. Hello, Lindsay. How are you?
2: Very well, thank you. Good, good. Um, Just before I uh, throw the curly question to you, uh, I, I, I have to offer a huge thank you to you for introducing me to glucosamine.
1: Oh, yes, uh, yes.
2: It is unbelievable. Yes, good, good. You've scrolled, you've scrolled me back 20 years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, that,
1: that's a claim. Oh, that's great. It's been worthwhile that's, if you're listening to 2NUR for that reason. We turn the years um, back.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> I I carried a hip problem for a long time. Yes. And, uh, I heard you talking to a call-up. Uh, some time ago, and yes. he was uh, very uh, impressed as well. And I thought, well, uh, I'm either faced with a hip replacement uh, uh, or nothing. And then when I heard that story, I thought, well, I'll try glucosamine, and uh, the, the pain is gone. I just I cannot believe it.
1: Oh, that's lovely, Lindsay. That's great. Anyway, I'll, great, great. I'll,
2: uh, I'll move on quickly, yes. to not yes. take up too yeah. much of your yeah. time. Uh, Uh, Kidney stones. Uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I'm a little concerned about uh, the the lack of advice that we seem to receive with kidney stones. It's Mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, I've got a kidney stone, we'll drink some water and uh, all that seems to do is assist in passing the kidney stone and Mm -hmm. um, a a relation of mine suffers kidney stones Mm -hmm. quite badly. And Uh, His last attack put him in hospital uh, with his body shutting down through Mm -hmm. an infection. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm particularly concerned about uh, the likelihood of um, septicemia and the the fact that kidney stones can cause it. Uh, And uh, obviously my question is, can you help me? Is there any other advice other than drinking water for kidney stones?
1: Well, the first thing that uh, that I'd ask, Lindsay, is that you're obviously being monitored by your good GP or a urologist. Oh uh, yes. Okay, yes. so that's most important because kidney stones are kidney stones. Uh, they're not um, just not, uh, you know, a cold or a sniffle or something like yes. that. It's, it's a serious problem and so long as you are being looked after and monitored by your doctors, that's great. Look, it's it's interesting, uh, just to fascinate you. Um, the treatment of kidney stones is something that is fairly well documented and goes back really to the time of the Egyptians. Um, uh, this might sound rather fascinating. Well, it is fascinating, but um, the there seems to be in the time of the of the pharaohs and, and probably to this day a propensity in the, in the Nile Delta for people to develop. Uh, calculi or, or kidney stones there's been a lot of theories about why this could be has it something to do with uh, too much calcium in the water or something like this? But the reality of it is um, kidney stones have been something that have been experienced in that culture for many many thousands of years, and goes back to the pharaohs for the uh, the reason we know this is that in uh, some of the discoveries made. Uh, when the um, the uh, the uh, the uh, pyramids were investigated and uh, the the bodies of the uh, of the pharaohs were exhumed and their their coffins or whatever they call them were opened, uh, the uh, the people the archaeologists uh, suddenly found amongst all the paraphernalia in their tombs and coffins was uh, what looked like little seeds, and indeed they were seeds. They were seeds of a herb that is technically and botanically known as army Visnaga, A-W-M-I-V-I-S-N-A-G-A. Now, army Visnaga, uh, which was used then, is still used today in, in traditional um, Arabic countries to assist in reducing the development of Calculi and facilitating their easier passage because what we know about this particular herb is it has a remarkable effect in, uh, how can I call it, helping the smooth musculature of crucial tubular structures of the body uh, to relax and to lessen spasm. And so the, this has been proved in, in modern times, and as I've said, army Visnagiri, if you were to look at it, is well documented, and the use of it by the ancient Egyptians has been scientifically explained inasmuch that it has what's called smooth muscle relaxant characteristics. So that is one herb that has been used, may still be of use. Um, it's not well known in uh, in English-speaking societies, um, but it, it's known and documented and has a good history of helping lessen the development of calculi, and where calculi is present and moving, to assist its passage. However, um, interestingly, I have been doing a lot of work in recent times on um, what you might call or Southeast Asian herbs, and uh, one herb that I've been particularly fascinated in is a herb known as Java kidney tea. And I just that's the way that's the name of the of what we call it Java. Kidney tea uh, in Javanese or perhaps um, Indonesian language, it's known as kumus kuching and well, a lo- uh, kumus Kutching or Java kidney tea. Um, it is the leading remedy. In fact, you'll be absolutely amazed to see how frequently that herb crops up in remedies that are uh, conveyed or supplied by pharmacies in places like Malaysia, uh, Indonesia. Well, those parts of the world. Uh, And I have been using it, interestingly, not so much for kidney stones, but to assist um, kidney conditions where the kidney is is failing. And I've had some remarkable instances of where this has stabilised deterioration of that condition. Not saying by any means that it's cured it, but it has certainly slowed down the decline in kidney function in crucial patients. This particular herb which would be reasonably easily obtained, is the primary remedy that is used for hindering or lessening or slowing down the development of calculi, let alone facilitating its passage. Now, you notice there that I said uh, slowing down the development of calculi. That's why it's called Java Kidney Tea, because it's taken essentially as what we call irrigation therapy. That is the regular use of Java Kidney Tea has perhaps the ability to lessen the development of calculi in people that have that propensity. So to answer your question, I can't guarantee uh, the resolution, and I certainly don't want urologists out there thinking that I'm an amateur urologist. I'm not. I'm just a poor old ignorant herbalist. But I do know that Java kidney tea has potential in helping renal conditions, helping uh, kidney stone development, and helping the passage of calculi if you were to go down that pathway you are obliged or you should run it past your medical manager that you've always heard me say that your doctor is your first port of contact always should be if there is a basis to what I've said most GPs even if they don't sort of Understand what's going on, so long as there is no toxicity associated with it, are prepared to let their patients have a go at it. I would suggest you to, you discuss with your GP or your urologist Java kidney tea, Kuma's coaching. Get on the on the uh, net or Google it, and you'll see the potential of that remarkable remedy. Interestingly, I don't want to go on too long with this, but the kidneys are uh, a fascinating organ um, in in English herbalism. Now I emphasise English herbalism here, which is, is basically my training background, and I've lectured on English herbalism most of my life. Um, uh, in England, there is a herb called parsley pierce stone. Parsley pierce stone. Uh, okay. The technical name or the more acceptable name is parsley piert, p i e r t, not to be confused with the parsley. That we have in our on our meals or on our salads, whatever, but it was called parsley pierce stone, because in traditional countryside English herbal medicine, it was the remedy that was used very, very frequently to assist in lessening development of calculi, breaking them up, and reducing or lessening the trauma of their passage, so there's a lot of uh, possibilities there, army visnaga. Uh, Kumas Kuchig or Java Kidney Tea and Parsley pea at the English Herb.
0: Tew on URFM's Health Naturally and we're taking your calls uh, John has rung in from St Ives John, lungs yeah they're very essential to us but you're after some uh, comment on lung medication is that right?
3: That's right yes. Hello John Oh hi Dennis, um, thank you for taking the call. Okay. So Yes, so I've got... um, I have to look at what it's called. (laughs) It sounds like IPF, idiosympathic or whatever, idiocympathic pulmonary fibrosis, which is just... I'm sure you're familiar with the thing. And at the moment, I'm just suffering very um, low energy because I've sort of gone through a phase where I I did something wrong with the medication and then did the reading of my Epstein by virus, whatever that is, was very high. So it's like... um, not having energy, and I'm a very high-energy okay. person. Okay. And I just wondered if you had any recommendation mm. or any advice on a good, um, well, good, I suppose a lot of them are good, some vitamin I can okay. take with vitamin D. in, And cause well, all if, I'm doing mm. is taking a vitamin D, but I could do with a bit of help if you have anything.
1: You, you, <laughs> you, made, you made the comment that you, you had a, a, a background of Epstein-Barr viral uh, yes. activity. And you had, yes. a, you had a very high reading of that. Is, is that correct?
3: Yes. I think it's high, is it, when it's not good because or low? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay.
1: But you've got an Epstein-Barr viral background. Yes. Um, what I have found is that frequently that people have had an experience with the Epstein-Barr virus, mm-hmm. that they tend to be, um, even long-term, uh, mm-hmm. tend to have fatigue uh-huh. Even chronic fatigue, as yeah. as a recur as a recurring scenario, uh-huh. in fact, uh, controversial as it may be in our literature, in our literature, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, as we call it, and that's a broad term, is very frequently traced back or considered to be pretty well based, in many cases, on the person's previous experience of that virus that seemingly. Uh-huh that seemingly leaves its marker and this propensity for fatigue in the system. Now, I know a lot of immunologists and out there or people out there will question that and shake their head and say, here's that raving herbalist again. But look, uh, there is a combination of herbs that I think would do you more good than the mm. vitamins you're taking. Not that I have anything against the vitamins. Yeah, on, the, no, on, this, on this program, I have frequently uh, mentioned the virtue of taking good old-fashioned cod liver oil, which mm. uh, uh, was once upon a time a standby remedy for people with, with chronic uh, respiratory conditions, and I would suggest you think about that. But mm. there is a preparation known as Astragalus 8, now, astragalus astragalus 8. eight. if you were to uh, study the, the, the Asian spectrum of herbs, you would find that the herb astragalus has a remarkable mm. history of being used in, uh, how can I call it, post-viral scenarios. It can, right. it can be referred to as an immunosupportive remedy right. and is very useful. Uh, particularly for dealing with any scenarios of fatigue that are associated with chemotherapy, uh, viral backgrounds. Now, I know a bit about this because probably 25 years ago, I introduced the combination Astragalus 8 into Australian herbal medicine. Um, It's a formula that is, is not mine. It's known around the world, but I introduced it. Uh, to a postgraduate spectrum of students in Melbourne where I was giving a lecture or a one-day seminar on herbal activity and immunology. The result of that led to an explosion of interest and amongst herbal medicine practitioners, uh, many would concur with what I have said today, that in your situation, uh, you would be very, very well advised to get some eight, begin Mm -hmm. to utilise that because it will support you, in my opinion, at every level, not just in dealing with the fatigue, but it may also assist in addressing this underlying condition that you have. Right. Thank you, Dennis.
3: Thank you. Gosh, I really take that on board. I've written it down because my memory is also... Yes. We won't, to- won't talk about that yet, at
1: you, that age. You should be able to source it uh, around there from... I know where you are at St Ives. I, Years ago, I had a, a very large practice at Wurundjeri. Uh, but I uh, I returned home to Newcastle in the 80s. But I fondly look back on my days of consulting on the North Shore. Uh, You'll be able to find it. it Preferably uh, go to a a compounding pharmacist. They're most most likely to have um, the the product. I'd be surprised if you didn't do well on it.
3: Thank you so much. And could I just say thank you to my friend Mexico about you all the
1: time. So, Meg, is okay. wonderful. She call him today. Oh, okay, there you go, Meg. Okay.
0: Dennis Stewart and Health Naturally. Mark uh, from New Lambton has rung in, and your question's about arthritis, Mark. Yeah, that's
2: right. Uh, recently had a, um, a diagnosis of the uh, right hip being arthritic, and um, fortunately enough, I had that uh, replaced, but uh, now I find that uh, the left hip's. In the same sort of situation, but mm. I can't get it replaced until uh, February next
1: year. Oh dear, dear. So, uh,
2: Is there any sort of thing that I can take to relieve yeah.
1: the pattern? Yes, look um, Mark, you're at New Lambton, so this should be easy for you to access. Um, there's a product called Glucosaplex, and that would be the product that the previous gentleman was referring to. I, I had... did catch something there. What yeah. was it called? Glucosaplex is a combination of glucosamine, chondroitin, New Zealand green lip muscle and bioflavonoids. I developed the product. Um, it, okay. is, it is a very successful product available um, from your health food stores or my rooms. Um, glucosamine is a leading substance in it, obviously. Um, and if you're not, or if you haven't given a glucosamine based product a try, I think you could be missing out. On some potential Absolutely. benefit, um, uh, seeing you've got time. What I mean, if you only had a couple of weeks or something like that before the procedure, I would say, look, you're wasting your time. Just gear up for the procedure. But if you have a number of months uh, in, yeah. or, in order to try uh, the glucosiplex, well, then um, give it a go. Give it a go. I'm surprised right. that you, I'm surprised you haven't um, you haven't heard of, of, of uh, glucosamine-based products previously because. It's probably the most frequently um, recommended supplement to deal with um, hip hip joint problems, uh, knee joint problems. Not always is it successful. There are some conditions, obviously, which uh, transcend the ability of any natural approach to assist. I reckon you owe it to yourself to try that product.
2: And Lloyd, does it
1: help that as well? Uh, what Say that again. And rheumatoid arthritis, does it help with that as well? Uh, Not as confident about rheumatoid arthritis. Where you have a degenerative arthritis, such as an osteoarthritis, it's more appropriate for that. Rheumatoid arthritis, as you know, is is an autoimmune condition and is is painful. Um, There are other things that could help, however. With rheumatoid arthritis, a long-term management, now let me emphasize this, a long-term management um, with high doses of fish oils, has shown some significant um, ability to alleviate the symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. Now, again, check the literature and you'll find I'm correct. A lot of people who say, oh, I used the fish oil, uh, but it didn't do any good, I've frequently said on this program, some of these supplements which have a medical or medicinal potential will only work where they are facilitated in the correct dosage. Now, if you're using the fish oils, the literature that I refer to talks about it being taken on a daily basis uh, in a dose of between 6 and 9 grams. So um, the uh, glucosamine-based product may give some relief, particularly the glucosaplex, because it's got a few other things with it. But if you have rheumatoid, uh, while you're picking up your glucosamine-based product, get some uh, fish oils they're, they're, they're available almost well in supermarkets even give that yeah. a try give it a try okay so that's
2: the 200 milligram or, 1, well, or a thousand
1: well you can get it in capsule form Um yeah. so if you're going to be taking say six to nine grams a day uh, most capsules are a thousand milligrams or one gram take yeah. six, uh, six of those a day two, three times daily yep yeah. okay <laughs> That's not a <laughs> yeah. well, no, you, you think it is, but it's, it's not really. No, it's, oh, look, there's a consolation here. It's, yep. pro- it's probably yep. better than taking dessert spoonful, spoonful doses of cod liver oil. Oh, well, that's
0: true. <laughs> ah, this is the modern equivalent, is it's it, Dennis? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All the very best with that, Mark, and thanks for your call. Dennis, um, it's been a year. We're getting Mm. towards a year. It's a good time to have a little reflect about it. Do you think people have used complementary medicine more this year, Mm. once the pandemic started?
1: Look, I I believe that complementary medicine has been accessed this year in a way never experienced before. Now, I've been in the industry a very, very long period of time, and I have seen... Over my 40 years of history in the industry, in the profession, and also uh, at the retail level, I have seen a gradual um, but sustained interest in complementary medicine um, on the part of the Australian people. It is not just a, a phenomenon uh, that's occurred uh, overnight. It has been gradually growing, hence the acceptance of what we call complementary medicine as part of our society today, where, where would we be? It's an industry. It employs and it works. Those that say, oh, complementary medicine, it's, it's just uh, all folklore, it's a myth. No, people vote with their feet. And complementary medicine works and people access it. But this year saw an exponential utilisation of complementary medicine by a population that was confronted by a violent and vicious virus. And the uh, Australian population think uh, about what they can do, what they can do, perhaps to give them an edge, to give them a capacity to have better resistance to viral infections, regardless of what they are. So in the climate of of COVID, what we saw, both at the health food store level, at the pharmacy level, and even at my uh, practice level, uh, people presenting essentially asking for or requesting advice and information about particular supplements that might be useful in promoting their immune system to be more responsive and to give them a better capacity to fight the symptoms of a virus if it asserted themselves. And these people were were not fools. These people asked intelligent questions. They were not looking for a cure and they're None in our industry would dare do that, neither should they. But what we do argue very strongly, and even on this program, we can make claims based on evidence and on professional experience that herbs in particular, supported perhaps by some of the vitamins and minerals, but herbs in particular have immunosupportive characteristics which work, which people are accessing, and which many people that I speak to would claim that they have done better than they would normally do as a result of going on to complementary medicine with immuno-enhancing properties. This year's been a big year.
0: It's been a big year. And, in fact, what you're saying is that maybe people have been improving their general health Very much so.
1: And that's a good point because the last thing I want uh, people um, to to, uh, take on board is that one can just take uh, supplements, whether they be herbal or whether they be uh, vitamin, mineral, uh, just take those and do nothing else to improve their resistance to infection or disease generally. I always argue that food is your best medicine. And if you are neglecting your diet, if you are foolishly eating, if you have a lifestyle that is compromising, and by that I mean if you are still smoking, If you're still smoking, well then, in my opinion, you're committing suicide. And if you are ingesting alcohol absurdly. Now, people on this program know that I drink and I'm happy to be able to say that. Living in the Hunter Valley, one would expect uh, to be able to have a nice glass of wine, maybe one or two. There is a difference, however, and I'm sure listeners would agree with me, there is a difference, however, between enjoying the fruit of the vine and using it in other forms of alcohol to completely wipe oneself out. Alcohol is a dangerous substance when it's abused and has a very, very significant deteriorating effect on immunology. So it comes back to this, taking supplements. I have people that come in and I ask them, how much do you drink? Oh, I drink, a, I drink a fair bit. Uh, I had a, a patient only recently say, oh, 15 to 16 schooners on a Saturday with my mates. Well, that's a lot of alcohol. But he said, oh, he said, I take the herbs at Mary's Thistle, which I understand is good for the liver. I said, well, it's only good to a degree. But <laughs> people know what I'm saying. Supplements, complementary medicine, fantastic. But for goodness sake, take on board what our uh, uh, medicos are saying, what our dietitians are saying, what our nutritionists are saying. Good health starts with good eating. Good eating also is associated with good lifestyle. And good eating basically means these days be cautious about what you're eating. Try to keep away from as much sugar as you can. Start to get back to home cooking. Get back to growing your own vegetables. That's been a a resurgence of interest. There you go. But had a bit of a rave. Yeah, things we (laughs) can do to to improve our our health profile. Yeah,
0: health naturally onto New R F M, and we've had a request, Dennis, uh, for you to spell the first name or the name of the first herb that you recommended for kidney stones. I think it began with A.
1: Uh, You (laughs) did right. Army A W M I Army Visnaga V I S -S N A G A, not an easy herb to get, and. If you were able to source it, your doctor would probably have to script it because in recent times it has been scheduled and given what's called an S4 rating, which means once upon a time persons such as myself could use it and dispense it, but these days a doctor would have to script it, a compounding pharmacist could supply it if he had it. Army Visnaga, commonly known also as Keller, K-H-E-L-L-A, uh, the old Egyptian remedy still used by some uh, in that society or, or background. Army A-W-M-I, Visnaga. Google it, look at it. If you want to source it, uh, you'd have to do it by way of a script from your GP via a compounding pharmacist.
0: And thanks for the interest. Uh, Peter has rung in from <coughs> Singleton. Hello, Peter. Uh, now, you've got something to ask Dennis about prostate.
1: Oh, Dennis. Hello, Peter. I heard you speak. I've spoken to you before. You're
2: lovely. Look, don't get me wrong, I think old people are national treasures and we should look after them, but you sound right. like a real national treasure. <laughs>
0: I think well, you're right, Peter. Well,
1: I don't know about that, but I'm old. <laughs> no, no, no,
3: I'm no, 63. Don't get me
2: wrong. I'm starting to catch up to you.
1: Oh, well, you've got, um, you got a long, long way to go, my dear friend. <laughs>
2: well, I'm, I'm working on it.
1: Good on you. Good on uh, you.
2: I heard you speak about taking a herb
1: mm-hmm.
2: for prostate maintenance.
1: Yes, okay. Well, I take... Uh, you were yeah, taking I do, indeed. Um, the, the major herb that people in our profession recommend and people like myself take um, regularly is the uh, American herb known as Saw Palmito. S-A-W-P-A-L so, uh, so palmito. S-A-W, saw Palmito. P A L M E W T O. Now the reason it is called that is the It is a palm, obviously palmito is 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 botanical for uh, for palm, but saw palmito, the shape, the shape of the leaves of this palm are sawtoothed. Now, I know that because even though this is an American herb, I have one of them growing on my property in the Hunter. It doesn't grow well, but it still survives. It's been there for many years. So saw palmito, readily available, by the way, these days, it's generally supported, Peter, by other herbs uh, that have an augmenting effect or a synergistic effect with it. And the one that uh, preparation that I take also contains uh, nettle root, not stinging nettle, oh, nettle roof, root. It's, it's very popularly prescribed. Yeah, you're bra- I'm bra- yeah you got I don't that. To get, I don't to get, but I've, got, I've got all the
2: information, the good. cell permit yes, and good. the nettle root.
1: Good, good. good. They're, they're the two, and, and I, um, I am a firm believer in it because most uh, men, particularly as they get older and people at my stage in life, will develop uh, some uh, prostate problems. Usually Problem. it's, it's a benign prostate hypertrophy or enlargement which the vast majority of men will experience. Uh, the use of sore palmito, in my opinion and my experience works against the acceleration of this and maintains function uh, much longer than would normally occur. Thank you very much, sir. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Oh, thank you, Pete. I don't
0: know about a gentleman, but. Oh, sorry. It was a living treasure, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, my wife
1: would be very pleased to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, make
0: sure she hears about it. Now, Dennis, just to finish up for the year, uh, it has been a COVID year and people are working on a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Now, do Mm -hmm. you think that's going to allow us? I mean, you said that there had been a big take up of complementary medicine this year for people to help themselves. Uh, What do you think will happen once we get a vaccine?
1: Well, I hope we get a vaccine. Yeah, Um, that's the first thing. We we should all pray for that. Um, So I'm not opposed in any way to uh, vaccination therapy. But again, I would say uh, we must do more than just depend on a jab. A jab is foundational. But again, we must work to maintain our health We must do the things that can reinforce any medical procedure. So at the end of the day, even if vaccination comes and its effects are good, in my opinion, this does not alleviate individual responsibility for looking at what is required to maintain good health. It is not just a medical procedure such as vaccination. Good diet, good, good diet, healthy lifestyle, and appropriate, proven herbal supplements. And we've mentioned a lot of them during this year. I think uh, people have learnt this year that um, there are still limitations associated with the the ability of us to fight uh, diseases uh, purely along medical pathways. And complementary medicine, I believe, has probably helped a lot more people than what is given credit for. And my belief is that people that use complementary medicine will still use it, will accelerate their interest in it and reinforce the expected benefits of vaccination.
0: And while we're wrapping up mm, the year, mm. Dennis, um, what's been particularly interesting for oh, you about
1: this year? Oh, look, my life has been one of great interest in this profession. Um, look, the, the interest continues, Jane. One of the major aspects is helping Australian couples to have a child. Mm. Now, it might seem strange that a a herbalist should talk about helping fertility. There are a lot of people who have spent a lot of money on IVF procedures, and I'm not opposed to it. I always say, go to your doctor, see a fertility specialist first, who unfortunately have not achieved a result that way. Coming to people like herbalists, this has been my experience, using some of our traditional herbs, the impossible has been shown to occur. And that has happened in my practice this year on quite a number of occasions. It is still the most exciting thing that a therapist such as myself could observe and achieve. Well, it's
0: such a positive thing, isn't it? Is. It and leads changes opens up lives. the future and changes people's <laughs> Does lives. It ever. Absolutely right. <laughs> well, I'd like to say thank you on behalf of everybody and myself uh, to you for this year. It's been it's been a, a good year, a good year and it some has great indeed, topics Jay. have come and through. And it's
1: been been lovely working with a lovely lady like you. Well, and, <laughs> yes. uh, and I wish you and your good husband, uh, all the staff here and all my listeners a Very happy and blessed Christmas and a prosperous New Year.
0: Yes, I'm sure that uh, no, you can't go yet. You can't <laughs>
1: yet.
0: You've still got some seconds um, to go to finish the. Year. It's it's been good, and we'll have to. We're just thankful that there yeah, aren't well, look, fires and, and, this year, and we don't have all that true. air pollution to and, cope and with. And I'm
1: I'm already working on some very interesting topics that I will take up when I when I come back early in the New Year. It'll be just as fascinating. It's a fascinating profession, Jane. There's, people say to me, when are you going to retire? You should be retired. But how can you retire from something that's been a lifelong obsession? Uh, the findings that are still occurring keep you in the profession. They sustain you. And uh, I believe I've got a lot to learn, and that's what keeps me going. And uh, while ever the good Lord allows that, I'll be around.
0: Well, thank heavens for that. (laughs) Okay, we look forward to seeing you next year, Dennis. Thank
1: you, Jane.
2: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.